Coming up this hour, Aubrey and I are going to talk about our weekends, and then we're joined by friend of the show, Scott Sauls. You're listening to The Common Good. Everybody, happy Monday and welcome to the Common Good here on AM 1160. Hope for your life, alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm. We are really glad to have you with us today. It's Monday. Uh, I know we got snow it's in the chilly. forecast. I mean, literally, as we were waiting to come on, they did the they did the weather report, and they're like an inch or two. Accum-. I'm like, excuse no, me, no, <laughs> no accumulation. We will not have it. Oh, this is hard. But hey, we, we like to think of ourselves as like that warm blanket for people. You know, yeah. get out of the cold, turn on your radio. Turn on your radio. Here we'll, we are for we'll you. We'll get you warm. So anyway, if you miss any of the show or you want to catch up on old shows, a couple different places you can go. Our podcast, wherever it is, you get your podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. You can also find us online at 1160hope.com. Aubrey, we're going to try something okay. that I think our people will come through with today. Okay, let's see what happens. So it's been over a year since we've asked for phone calls on The Common Good because of <laughs> wow. the pandemic and yes, all this, yes. which obviously means you've never been here when there's phone calls. Never. So we said, you know what? It's time. It's, it's time, time. So to bring me, back the phone calls. Let me give out the phone number. You can call any time, but there's a very specific thing we're going to ask for later. Basically, are you traveling yet? Where are you going? Are you nervous? We're, we want to talk travel later in the show, but let me give you the phone number. It is 312-660-2594. 312-660-2594. We want to talk to you. We want to hear from you. We yep. need real people yep. to engage with because Brian and I, we're tired of each other we already. Are. And it's it only is, been like a week and a half. Seven minutes in and I'm like, oh, the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, by the way, when Ian Simpkins was here, I tried to get him to uh, sign on to calling our people who listen to our show. Uh, the comment. Uh, what did I try to get him? Uh, uh, the gooders or, or, the or like goodies. the common goodies. Oh, the yeah. common goodies. He said no. So maybe I like I'll it. Talk you yeah, into that, I'm, I'm already sold. T-shirts, gooders, everything we want to Goodies go. or gooders. I like goodies. Yeah. The common goodies. There you go. I think I think that is it. We'll get hooded sweatshirts. Ha- we'll get a hashtag go- going. Hold on. It's, it's the common goodies hoodies. That's what we got. <gasps> no. <laughs> That was a moment of genius. So again, it's Monday. I do want to just say, how was your weekend? Uh, yeah. What did you guys do? And then I have a very specific story I don't know for why. you. Our, our weekend made me tired, but it was a good weekend. You know, we did our Friday night. We watched Captain, Not I keep calling it the wrong name, Falcon and Winter Soldier and Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Uh, at least you guys are consistent. Brian's rolling his <laughs> eyes at me. We ate some pizza um, then let's see. Saturday was kind of an errand date. My sister is getting married, mm-hmm. and so everyone needed haircuts. I needed, you know, some <laughs> other things because I'm a girl. And we got ready for that. That's all Saturday. And then yesterday, we actually our small group has been meeting online mm-hmm. still, and we actually got together with our small group yesterday, and it was wonderful just to be with the people of God together. How was your weekend? That's good. Well, now that you set that bar right there, I'm well, not sure. We're really spiritual, so yeah. Ours was great. My son had a baseball tournament in Joliet. Nice. And so Saturday there were two games, ton of fun. We love the other parents. Like it's just fun to you know watch kids. Yeah. Sunday though, let me let me paint a little picture because okay. they were they lost a. Game on Friday, they won and lost one, which meant they had to to make the championship game. To win the championship game, they were going to have to play four games okay. on Sunday. Wow, a lot There's of not games. Enough pitching. There's not enough this and that. Well, what do you think they did? They made a run. They won three games nice. and got to the championship That's game. Amazing. And uh, so we were there from like. 11 a.m. So I literally preached, did church, yeah. drove to Joliet. Oh come on! 
Uh, for there, got there at 11 a.m. We left at like 7.45 no p.m. No way. And you must I be got, tired. I got tired just sitting. Let yeah. I'm like watching these kids. Like, how did they end up losing the championship game? It was kind of a game. chilly day. You're outside. I had not moments. Super, I actually yeah. got sunburned and was freezing. So a little bit of both. <laughs> sunburned and windburned. So no, it was, but it was, uh, so we ran out of pitching by the fourth game. So okay. we knew we were going to lose. But we we're also playing this team from Indiana that takes kids from like a hundred mile radius, we learned. Like a juggernaut team, they didn't lose to anybody. No way. They didn't beat anybody by less than like fifteen runs. Come all weekend. on. So it was total like yeah. You're like that team is just they They're shouldn't the be playing giants. Here. Yeah. So we do a with no pitching. We're on like our fifth pitcher plus this and that. But here's the funny thing, uh, and this is what I love. I love sitting at these things, going, I want to talk about that on the show. <laughs> So, because this is the second straight week, I've told you about some shenanigans yes, like at, a, you at have. a youth baseball tournament. I'm not suggesting that there was anything untort going on, okay. but their cleanup hitter. I'm not joking. I'm not saying this sarcastically. Okay. I am not saying this metaphorically. Okay. I'm saying this literally. Okay. Their cleanup hitter in 13U had a complete goatee, <laughs> and I am like not a, joking. Like a man's facial goatee. It was coming. Like it wasn't even like. I couldn't grow this. It was like down. Like, like it he was could have braided it if he wanted bit, to. And you're sure he was 13? Uh, that's the point. Right. I'm not sure Okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> he drove up in his car. That's exactly and then... right. He had to be shaved before the game. And so, yeah, it, but it was a ton of fun. I just love watching these kids play that's baseball. Awesome. They have fun. Yeah, that's very uh, cool. And so it took up most of our weekend, as will be the case most of the spring, but you Lots know, of baseball stories we have to look forward outside, to from you. Uh, enjoyed it. It was a good weekend, good family time, so good to be. Uh, but it's, you know, here comes the week. Did want to catch up on a couple different things. One thing I watched this weekend that, again, made me think of something you and I had talked about already. I'm assuming you watched Prince Philip's funeral. Yeah. Uh, not just to see what the service was like, but everyone was interested to see what happened with Harry and what William. What were the family dynamics going to be like, right? You, you besides being my co-host, you are the royal family correspondent of the Common Good. So what were your thoughts uh, on the funeral of, of uh, Prince Philip? I feel like you actually like the royal family, Brian. I did watch it, I want actually. to hear what you think. Oh, right. Are you turning yeah. it right back on? Yeah, I am. Beautiful service. Uh, yeah, it was a beautiful very service. Very different than my non-denominational warehouse church, but it was, uh, <laughs> it was a beautiful service. Interesting that Philip did, uh, he planned a lot of it. Uh, there was no homily just a lot yeah. of reading, yeah. a lot of beautiful. It was heartbreaking. It like everyone was. pointed out to see the queen. I mean, just majesty, not majesty, whatever. They've been married seven. That's what I was thinking. I mean, you're losing years. your best friend at that point. You're losing your lifelong companion. Like yeah. I, I jokingly looked at Carrie, really my sad. wife, and I said, "Are you prepared to be with me for seventy three years? Because <laughs> that's a long. That's fifty more years than what you guys have, uh, no, right? Seventy three years is unbelievable. But then uh, it was heartwarming to see Prince Harry and Prince William kind of walk off talking to I each mean, other. I mean, I'm not going to lie; I was actually praying. I'm like, Lord Jesus, use this as a moment of reconciliation. And they're so, like, I'm too invested. So the New York Post hired some. Um, uh, professional lip readers to try to watch the video Stop of what it. they said. Stop. And it was not as exciting as you oh. would guess. They were talking about like, Grandpa would have loved that funeral. Oh. Oh, that was r- perfect. But they, uh, reportedly they did then meet also with Prince Charles for a couple hours. And yes, I've heard about this two hour kind of... necessarily yeah. go great is the report. Although I'm wondering who's making that report. 
Good point. Who is saying it didn't? And maybe there's an insider who's talking. Yeah, it should have been talking. Prince William, Prince Harry, and Prince Charles. They're the only people in the room who's, mm. uh, who's talking there. But anyway, you and I, the, I, I hope for a long time in our show we have, uh, we have the ability to talk royal family. Maybe one day they'll send us to England and I we'll get to do something live. Do not think that's going to happen. That's probably never going to happen nope, but that in our imagination. Uh, one other thing that I saw from the weekend that, I don't know, I wanted to start just happy and just kind of here we go. Did you see this story? We have it here in the New York Times, but I saw it on the Today Show this morning where, you know, we sent, you know, an unbelievable thing that NASA sent, like, you know, a rover or whatever uh-huh. to, to Mars. And they they made a helicopter take off yes! on Mars. Yes. This is like the first, right, like space uh, or first sort of like flight on another planet. Yeah. It's like, really cool. I, also, I was looking on Twitter. I'm like, why are the Wright brothers trending? And they're like, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Why. If you haven't seen the story or you haven't seen a video, like every now and then you need to watch things that go Oh, there are people so much smarter than me in this world. And literally, they're like doing work in outer space. And I love to see you see them all in a room and this thing takes it's successful. And they're like high five and like the rest of so us. So cool. And uh, yeah, this helicopter took off at Mars. The, the point is going to be that, that to go like, you know kind of see what's out there. Yeah. I still hope that at some point they look down and there's like some creature just waving. I do too. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait for some type of crazy discovery like that. But it's amazing. It's amazing how far science has come, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. And I, like, whoever thought that we would say, hey, they launched like a helicopter, whatever it was, in, on in Mars. In Mars. That's amazing. So, quick, uh, with a little time we have left here, if we ever got to the, oh, let's do the moon. Would you ever be one of those people, if they came to you and uh, said, you could go on one of the trips to the moon uh, as a civilian, Elon Musk, whatever, yeah. you could do it, would you go? I don't think so. I'm too chicken. Kevin would in a heartbeat. I am too scared. There is. Uh, let me give you the percentage chance that I would do okay. it. Is there a percentage chance smaller than zero? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're also kind of scared about it. Oh, I would never. I would never skydive. I would never okay, do any yeah, of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. No, Kevin's in. He's already trying to figure out a way to do it. I'm sure he'll find a way. <laughs> <laughs> so we're off and running here on a Monday afternoon. Really glad to have you with us. Couldn't be more excited for uh, the next half hour. So we are going to be joined by a friend of the show, Scott Sauls. Uh, if you listen to the show at all, you know that we discuss Scott Sauls' writings, his preaching all of the time. And Scott is a good friend of the show, and he is going to join us next here on The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. We're glad to have you with us on a chilly Monday afternoon here in the Chicagoland area. And uh, If you've been around The Common Good for any amount of time over the last two years, you know uh, that there's a short list of people that we read and we quote often, whether it be their blogs or their books or their sermons. Uh, and one of those people who we've had uh, a chance to have on the show multiple times is our friend, the senior pastor of Christ Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee, that being Scott Sauls. Uh, and one of the things, Aubrey, we're going to talk to Scott about here is cancel culture. I'm so interested to hear what he has to say, because his book is A Gentle Answer, a Secret Weapon in an Age of Us Against Them. And one of the things he recently talked about at the Gospel Coalition was how that gentleness is kind of the antidote, right? That's right. That's right. And so uh, cancel culture uh, is... Uh, something that I think is hard for us to wrestle with. Certainly. Because there are times it feels like, and this is what I want to ask Scott about if we can get him on, is 
uh, there feel like times where people should be canceled. Yeah. But there is this general stream in our culture right now that just says uh, anybody that I disagree with. Right. I'm going to do away with you. Right. And so it's kind of goes back to the are people evil who don't agree with me? Mm. How do you set the standard? And one thing Scott writes a lot about is this idea that gentleness is the antidote. And, I, and I'm fascinated by that. But but what do we do? Uh, do is there a time or what's kind of the bar for us as Christians yeah. to go, you know, no, here's where we cancel. people. Yeah. You know, I, I actually prefer to use the language deplatform. When do we deplatform someone mm. or when do we deplatform a product? And for me, I think it is uh, when we need to see growth, when we need to see change, when we need to see repentance. There is a time I think God does this in our lives. He pulls us back from ministry or leadership or popularity because mm-hmm. he needs to do something in our hearts and our souls. There's some repentance that needs to happen. So I actually think that is okay. The problem is when we begin left and right canceling a person saying they don't have value or they're evil, they're the villain, um, simply because, you know, they've, they've, they're a sinner. And that's then right. that's where we kind of have to look at our own souls and go, well, all of us are worthy of being canceled. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I do think we have to think, uh, we have to critique this well, because sometimes we'll just go, I'm, I'm not canceling anybody because God didn't cancel me. That's and right. I, I don't think that's actually a really thoughtful response to cancel culture. What do you think about cancel culture and 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 having a gentle answer? I, <laughs> I like the way you speak of deplatforming, because I don't think we should ever cancel anybody. Now, there's something to be said about boundaries. Yes. And there's something to be said about, I, I, I don't need this person in my life. Oh, it looks like we might have Scott here. Scott, are you here with us? I am, yes. It looks like uh, our phones got cut off. There oh, we go. technology is fun. Wonderful. Hey, Scott, it is so good to have you back on here with us. And uh, we were just talking before you came on uh, about a, a talk that you gave at the Gospel Coalition about cancel culture and the fruit of gentleness that you talked about. Uh, that's what I wanted to, to, to have a discussion with you about here. How would you define cancel culture and why is it so problematic? Well, um, cancel culture uh, in summary is uh, really just a, a description of an environment mm-hmm. where at any given time, uh, if somebody says the wrong thing or, or, or maybe even um you know says something and it's just misinterpreted uh to mean something other than what is intended they're essentially erased uh might lose their job mm-hmm. um, uh, the major consequences yeah. right. for right uh for goofing up uh, and it 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 really boils down to um the question of whether or not saying or doing something politically incorrect mm. in the eyes of, of some uh, is worth destroying somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and now there's a difference between canceling people and, um, and challenging and confronting ideas, mm-hmm. yes. uh, challenge, challenging and confronting hurtful or especially abusive behavior. Yeah. Um, those are in a different category than than I think what we're talking about when we're talking about cancel culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, uh, everybody's got their triggers, and um, 
you know, sometimes you trigger a certain person or a certain group. That's right. Um, you become a target. And it, and it happens in both directions. Yeah, it's it not does. just a liberal thing. It's not just a conservative thing. It's pretty much a general tone uh, yeah. environment. So then, Scott, how does gentleness offer an antidote to cancel culture? Well, I, I, I think just, um, you know, I, I think I caught you on the tail end of, of talking mm-hmm. about how the gospel... Um, gives us a certain posture or encourages a certain posture just by virtue of the way that, that Christ has, has responded to us and to our cancel worthy. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think of how, I think of Paul's treatment of the church at Corinth, you know, mm-hmm. we talk a lot about, oh, I wish we could get back to having, you know, New Testament churches. Well, the, the New Testament church that got the most attention and the most press was the church at Corinth and they were they were a complete mess and right. and um I think Paul would have had every justification just to move on and mm-hmm. put put them in the rear view, but instead mm-hmm. he leans in and, and has hope for them. And I I think the moment we stop having hope uh that somebody can change or or that um, you know, some kind of reconciliation can occur. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's the potential to become cynical, the be- potential to become uh, aggressive and mean um, just goes up. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. And uh, Scott, you wrote a great book about gentleness called The Gentle Answer. Uh, and, and so how does somebody out there, if they're like, you know what, I, I don't I need to grow in gentleness. Like, I, like I, I understand this, but I want to grow in gentleness. How would you help people pastorally understand like these? This is how you grow a gentle spirit. This is how you grow in gentleness. Yeah, I think that it, it really boils down to living our lives closely to Jesus and mm-hmm. who he is and, and the way that he responds. I mean, I, you obviously can't give away what you don't have and what you haven't received already. And, and so, um, you know, Christ identifies himself as the one who's gentle and humble in heart. And yeah. he's, a, he's a ref giver. He, he's, you know, the, the true uh, Jesus mm-hmm. will yeah. Decrease our anxiety. He will. He will reduce our fear um, uh, of being, you know, retaliated against if we mess up. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's he's forgiving. He's a forgiving, loving Lord. Yeah, praise God for that, Scott. Um, a few days ago, Brian and I actually talked about your blog post called "Can Christianity Become Beautiful Again?" In what ways are you seeing Christianity not be beautiful at the moment? Well, I, you know, I, I think that um, it's really more a narrative that's out there mm-hmm. that is driven largely by uh, news media, largely by the blogosphere, largely by um, uh, secular academia, that Christians are the biggest problem in society. Their views are not only dangerous, but evil on, you know, X, Y, Z, fill in, fill in the, the blank for whatever the subject is. Right. Scott, could you paint a picture of what the beauty of Christianity looks like? How, what does it look like when it is beautiful? Well, it, it, it looks like, uh, what, what, what I would argue it all, it's always looked like, mm. uh, 
uh, on the ground, and, and including in our current day and age. It, it looks like uh, communities of, of imperfect people who know uh, and who are so aware of their own imperfection and weakness mm. that they know that they need uh, a Savior outside themselves in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And uh, hopefully uh, they're also humble amongst one another. Uh, and not arrogant, and not not rude, and not um, um, you know not oppositional in their posture, but but generous hmm. to all and hmm. kind to all, and um, seek to be a, a positive, life giving influence in their their communities, especially their local communities, by getting involved in uh, local affairs, especially among those who who have need. And uh, truth of the matter is, the Christians are doing this all over the world. Right. Yeah. Always have. Um, problem is, and I, I think one of our one of our greatest challenges is that Christ calls us not to boast, not to brag, mm. but he also but he also says, "Let your light shine before men, so that people may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven." And so, I think if there's Anything we might need to work on, uh, it, it's actually becoming more public with mm. with the expressions of our faith, uh, and, but but in, in a way that points not to ourselves, but to, but to Christ who motivates us. That's good. Scott, who are some examples that we can sort of look to right now tangibly that are modeling this beautiful and gentle Christianity? Well, I mean, Eugene Peterson was one of them, but yeah. uh, he, he's uh, no longer with us, um, but he he was fabulous. I think Ann Voskamp is is a terrific she's amazing. example. Yeah. Uh, Christine Kane is another person. I mean, she's a firecracker. Yeah, she is. She is. <laughs> but, but she's a firecracker uh, because she's so passionate about grace and mercy. Yeah. And, and you know, Christ was aggressive with his grace, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, we want to be fierce uh, and bold in the way that we talk about the love of God, and I think Chris does a great job with that. Yeah, she does. Uh, and also works hard uh, around the world to know that um, the love of Christ is available to all kinds of people. But, um, gosh, I mean, I, Tim Keller, my mm-hmm. mentor, um, you know, in his very smart uh top-level intellect way, um, is, is a very gentle and kind man. He's not prone to make enemies, and, and he's always building bridges. So he's, mm-hmm. a, he's a terrific example as well. Um, you know, I think of John Perkins and mm-hmm. the work that he does around, uh, you know, racial reconciliation and justice. Yep. And, and um, I mean, I could go on. That's there, right. There, the list is very long. Johnny Erickson Tata, what a glorious person she is. Amazing. I mean, these are kind of the more well-known people, but, but honestly, there, there are millions of people who don't have those public profiles right. who are um, just doing great, loving work on the local level. That's great. Scott, one of the things that I do appreciate about you is uh, I try to encourage people 
I, I try not to encourage people to get on Twitter too much, but I try to encourage people towards certain directions on Twitter. And you're one of them. I also, you mentioned Tim Keller. I love what he's doing on Twitter these days. Uh, but you pinned a tweet that I would just love to have you react to or explain that you wrote the other day that I, when I read it to my co-host, Aubrey here, she said it made her tear up. So <laughs> I would love to just read it and let you pastorally, because I, I think this is going to really hit people. You wrote uh, the places where you like yourself the least are also the places where Jesus is determined to love you the most. I think that is an unbelievable just tweet and just theological thought. Could you just unpack that, especially for people who just need to hear that right now? Well, I mean, that's one of the major themes of the book you referred to, A Gentle mm-hmm. Answer, which is my latest project. And, and you know, I, I just, I think that um, we have it all backwards, even, even if we've, you know, been Christians for a long time, we, we have it backwards into thinking that, that perhaps, or at least feeling or operating as if God puts up with us. Um, mm. That He loves it, that He loves us, kind of like parents love their problem child, but He doesn't <laughs> really enjoy, but He doesn't really enjoy us. Right. And, um, and, and that's just not true. Uh, you know, Zephaniah 3, you know, affirms how much he delights in his in his children, but uh, it, as well as the whole book of Galatians. But I, I, the the other part is that when you look at God in the Old Testament as well as Christ in the New, it seems like every time he encounters somebody who is is you know doing a battle with guilt or shame, he goes straight for the source of the guilt and the shame. Mm. And meets it with grace and mercy and forgiveness and love. So and um, Isaiah with his unclean lips in Isaiah six, you know, you know the, God sends an angel and targets his lips and says, "Your guilt is removed and your sin is atoned for." And Zacchaeus, the tax collector who's isolated himself, um, you know, just by the way he's treated other people. Uh, you know, Jesus says, I'm coming to your house today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been years since Zacchaeus had had anybody in his house. And and all of a sudden, the Son of God wants to befriend him mm-hmm. and, and change him and give him community. Um, you look at the, um, you know, Samaritan woman at the well who, you know, who is spiritually thirsty because of, of the way she's, you know, been you know, experienced disappointment after disappointment mm-hmm, with men, mm-hmm. not this insatiable thirst, and Christ says, uh, have some water, if you drink it, you'll never thirst again, and yeah. you know, it, it's just always caring for and tending to people yeah. at their place of greatest hurt, mm-hmm. greatest guilt, greatest shame, greatest need, and that's just who he is, it's what he's like, and he doesn't change, yeah. but he's still, that, he's still that way. Yeah, so beautiful. Scott, so you're primarily a pastor, but also you're one with a pretty public following, and I'm sure you get a lot of feedback from people, positive and negative. I was just curious, how do you kind of keep going? How do you deal with the highs and lows of the feedback? Um, I don't really get attacked very much, yeah. um, <laughs> but you know, sometimes you'll get a little trolling here and there on social media, but... Um, Generally, if it's a stranger that just kind of comes in and says something mean or insulting, I just 
I just don't address it. I, I don't respond. <laughs> nice. And, and, you know, because if you engage that kind of stuff, all of a sudden you're going to, you're going to waste an entire day. That's yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, um, yes. on this person who may not even be the person they're claiming to be. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. You know, it could be somebody entirely, you know, and a lot of times it's an anonymous person. And, and so, uh, you know, I guess adopted the discipline of, of not engaging there. That's and, good. and um, yeah, but it's not, it's not, I hope I'm not a super controversial person. Uh, <laughs> it has become a huge, a huge issue. That's right. That's right. Scott, we're so grateful for you, man. And the number of times you've come on, I want to end this way. Uh, there's a lot of people out there, pandemic, uh, you know, politics, all sorts of reasons that people just feel like they're lacking hope right now, that they don't know uh, what to kind of hold on to. To our listeners out there who are just kind of feeling a little bit hopeless, I just want to give you a minute or two just to kind of uh, kind of preach to them a little bit as to where it is they can find hope, why they can have hope in this time. Well, what what has always been true is still true that that Jesus Christ is on His throne. Yeah, He rule He rules the world, and and even when things seem like they're going um, out of control, He He never ceases to be in control of all things. And uh, here's what I would say, especially on the tail end of a pandemic: if you're a Christian, you know, if you're if you're if you're not a follower of Christ. I would urge you to investigate the person mm-hmm. and work of Christ because I really don't have any solid, anchored, honest hope to offer you uh, if if you're living your life without Christ. Yeah. Uh, but if you are living your life with Christ, uh, who has risen from the dead, and we have all kinds of historical data and evidence and eyewitness accounts to solidify uh, an insecure belief in that claim that he rose from the dead, including the founders of every Ivy League university except for one, including, you know, Oxford historians like C.S. Lewis, mm-hmm. Harvard Harvard Law School founder Simon Greenleaf uh, is another. He tried to disprove the resurrection with his legal skills and became a Christian in the process. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, because he discovered it would be true. And, you know, so this... If what is if 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 the resurrection is true that occurred in the past, then then the promises that came to us out of the resurrection are that Christ is going to come again. Mm-hmm. He's going to make all things new, mm-hmm. and he's going to create an entirely renewed world. Will there be no more death, mourning, crying, or pain? And so, so what we what we say to our people every now and then at our church here in Nashville is. Uh, if, you, if, if you're a follower of Christ, that means your long-term worst-case scenario is resurrection and everlasting life. <laughs> right. Uh, it, it, can't get any, it can't get any better than that, and it can't get any worse than that. A mm. hundred years from now, a thousand years from now, a billion years from now, a zillion years from now, um, it's just going to get better and better and better mm. after Christ returns. And, and so in the grand scheme of eternity, the life that we're living some of us have more burdens than others, um, but the Bible seems to give evidence to there that the more burden a Christian experiences in this life, the more joy they're going to have in the next one. Hmm. Uh, but by the contrast, and 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 so, um, just say you know the, 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 
the Bible was written to us by, you know, given to us by sufferers. There's not a single person who wrote a book of the Bible that wasn't suffering deeply as they wrote. They were in prison. They were slaves. They were in exile. They were awaiting execution. That's right. Um, you know, you, you, you don't have anybody who wrote the Bible who was cruising. Yeah, <laughs> uh, right, right. Even, even Ecclesiastes, a very wealthy, you know, man was, was struggling in his wealth deeply. And, and with the meaning of life. And so I think we can take heart in that, that the people who gave us the scriptures uh, gave it to us from, from hard places. That's such a good word. That uh, is Scott Saul, senior pastor of Christ Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee, author of many books, most recently, A Gentle Answer, Our Secret Weapon in an Age of Us Against Them. Go to Scott's website. You can read his blog at scottsauls.com. That's S-A-U-L-S, scottsauls.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at Scott Saul. Scott, we are really grateful for you. Thanks for spending the time with us today. Thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. Good being with you all. Absolutely. You're all listening to The Common Good here on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Common Good here on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. Let's just say how fun it was to have Scott Sauls with us. Amazing. He's so pastoral and wise. Absolutely. Just a real, real guy. If you miss Scott Sauls, the senior pastor of Christ Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee, go get our podcast and go catch up. Go listen to it. You will be blessed for doing it. You don't even need to listen to the rest of the show. Yeah, just listen to to him. And it'll be good. Hey, also, we want some phone calls today. 312-660-2594. Specifically around this topic. Are you going to start traveling again? If so, where are you going to go? And we thought what would be fun in that mind, you and I like to do top five we lists. Like top it's kind five of a new lists. thing that we do. We're going to go top five spots that you and I have been to in the continental United States of oh, America. Continental. So, that, okay, okay. Let's okay. do a top five list. Top five, top five, top five, top five, top five things with Brian and Aubrey. All right, that's too good. I oh, love way it. to go, Debbie. That's too it. good. That's our producer, Debbie. All right, top five places. Or are you going to go outside the U.S.? I, I was going to go outside the continental. I'm good with that. U.S. Okay, I, I give okay. that to you. Okay, so, thank you. Top five places that you have been in the United States. Aubrey Sampson goes number first. Number first. Yep. Num- goes first with number five. Yep. I'm going to give a nod to Newport Beach. California. It's luxurious. There. It's beautiful. It's on the beach. You're going to see me at my kind of, well, not really, but I've never been there. Okay. Uh, number five, uh, you will be going there soon, I believe. I put in Disney World. I, Brian, I'm so honored you I, put that. for you. <laughs> no, yes, you did. You put it for me. Disney World. Number four. Okay, number four for me is, uh, not to you, New York City. Oh, that's going to show up on my list. Good one. Good one. Uh, number four for me. San Francisco. Oh, I do like got San Francisco. Got to go there with my daughter a couple years ago, and it was a blast. San Francisco. Number three. Okay. Number three for me is, this was hard, Hawaii. Uh, I've never been to Hawaii. That just feels like a brag right there. Yeah, it was kind of a flex, for <laughs> sure. For sure. All right. Uh, recent travels for me at number three, I chose the Grand Canyon. What? 
thoughts? Yes. Okay, I was going to put the Grand Canyon for my next one, but it's actually Crater Lake National Park, Oregon. I'll tell you why later. Another time, it's very close to me and my family. That's number two, okay? So that was your number two. Number two, one thing that you already said, I'm going back to my homeland, my area, I am going to the big bad city, the Big Apple, the New Big York Apple. City. All right. I grew up like 45 minutes outside there, and just uh, every time I go back there, it's just the energy of New York City and the pizza that I love. All right, you ready for my number one? It was actually on your list, Disney oh, World. Oh, you went number one. To yep, Disney number World. one, Disney World. That is literally you took Disney World over Hawaii. Oh, I did. I love. I'm a. I'm a dork. I'm I obsessed with it. I love Disney World. Will there? Just give me a yes or no answer, and then I'll give you my number one. Okay. Kids out of the house. You guys are retired. Will you and Kevin go to Disney World by yourselves as retired people? I will. I don't know if Kevin will go with me. He's not a fan. Come on, Kevin. Yeah, but I'm there. Okay, number one for you. All right, number one. And this is, I've gone there as an adult. I went there all the time as a kid. It is the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. I love the Outer Banks. We used to go there every summer with some family friends. That's how we ended the summer for like eight or ten years in a row, and then like a couple years ago, I took my kids there with my wife and my parents. Awesome. It is luxury. That's our top five list. Call us. Let us know what you think. Again, you're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Coming up this hour, we're going to talk about the trial going on up in Minneapolis. And then Aubrey and I are going to talk about travel in the midst of COVID. You're listening to The Common Good. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good. You're on AIM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. Really glad to have you with us on a Monday evening. Hopefully you had a good day. Heading home, I'm going to go inside, turn the heat on, get under turn a blanket. Turn the fire on. That's what right. we do. Get some, do. <laughs> get some hot chocolate. Kids will build a snowman tomorrow <laughs> night. It's wonderful. <laughs> so oh, it sad. is that. We are going to talk in a, later on in the show. You and I are going to talk about you're about to travel for one of your first times in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say the first time. You're going to tell us about it. Yep. I've traveled in the midst of the pandemic. We're just going to have a conversation about that. Like, should people be traveling? Where, where Are you nervous about it? Where are you looking forward to going? All of that kind of stuff. Here's what we're going to try today. Since you started on the show, we haven't taken phone calls from <gasps> anybody. Just oh, you know, guests and stuff, but yeah. from listeners. So we want to hear from you. This is exciting. Are you traveling yet? If so, where, are you, where have you gone? But also, uh, when you start traveling, are you going to be nervous about it? Anxious. We want to hear just from people. And what are you excited about, yeah. if you're excited about and it? And where are you going to go? You just told us in the last hour that your favorite place to go in all of America is Disney World. All of America. So, hey, I'm good with that. I, it was number five on my top five list, so... Uh, that's where we got to be trying to get a show. Uh, right. Uh, oh, yeah. To we got to have them send us to live from Disney. It's the, the common good. Is that again? Is that your radio voice? <laughs> is that what you just did? <laughs> that's, that's my normal voice. I don't know what you're talking live about. from America. <laughs> right there. We're just doing it from It's a Small World right there. We're just riding rides the whole time. What is your favorite Disney World ride? Oh, this is so hard. I can't believe you asked me. I really like Tower of Terror at uh, Hollywood Studios. But what I'm really excited to ride, I haven't ridden yet, is the new... Star Wars ride, ride is uh, Rise of the Resistance. It's like okay. you go through a whole Star Wars movie or something. I do just enjoy it's a small world. I think for it's a couple a different reasons, like it's just it, because when you have little kids, it's just uh, and you're so hot and tired. It's like 
It's in the shade. It's the it's air conditioning sign. You're yeah. sitting. Your kids yeah. are looking. Yeah, you got a fun little theme song that's stuck in your head the rest of the it's day. It's kind of creepy, but it's you know it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. So Disney World, Disney World is yours. So we want to hear from you. Let me give you the phone number: three one two six six zero two five nine four three one two six six zero two five nine four. We are looking for the first phone call of the Aubrey Sampson uh, co-hosting era. era. Yeah, yes, this is, that is what we're in. So three one two six six zero two five nine four. Aubrey, I do want to take this to a, a little bit more of a serious turn. Uh, as we see in the news right now, if you're watching news or you're on Twitter, that the uh, the trial of Derek Chauvin, uh, the police officer in Minneapolis, who is on trial uh, for the murder of George Floyd back in May, uh, that trial wrapped up today. Yeah. And so I actually watched. I was surprised how much of it was on TV. I was telling you off air that I watched the closing arguments as yeah. long as I could today. Yeah. And it wasn't just on like CNN. It was on CBS, NBC, Everywhere. ABC. So much coverage. And it was on uh, completely kind of unrelated. It was just fascinating to actually watch a closing argument. Like you were used to like a few good men. Like, well, you can't handle Yeah, the right. Dramatic TV. So yeah. different. It was just so different. And uh, But now it is in the hands of the jury waiting right now and i feel like everyone's waiting for various reasons just on pins and needles Mm -hmm. just about like not only what is the the um the verdict going to be but what is then the response to the verdict going to be uh whether he's found uh guilty whether he's found uh, whether he's acquitted whether he's found guilty of a lesser charge like there's a kind of a there's kind of a spectrum of what really could what happen What he could be here. charged with. Yeah, or, yeah. or what he could be found guilty of right, if he's right. found guilty at all. And so, uh, you know, sometimes I'm hesitant to get into certain stories because some things feel above our pay grade. Like we are paid to talk into yeah. microphones, but we're both pastors. And so I can't speak to the legality yeah. of... Should he be guilty of second degree murder? Should he be guilty of third degree murder? Did his did his defense team actually do a good enough job to get him off the hook? Like I can't speak to the uh, legality of it all. Yeah. Like you, if you want that, go to CNN, go to Fox News. You're going to see lots of talking head lawyers talking about that. And so the the way that I wanted to take this is as we watch this yeah. all unfold. Yeah. What are you praying for? Like, what are you hopeful for? Because you yeah. told me you're very nervous about this. Yeah, and, I'm very and you're nervous. very anxious to see how this ends. Yeah. You're very prayerful about yeah. this. And so kind of on a pastoral end, just where's your heart mm-hmm. at? And, and what are you praying for mm-hmm. all of this right now? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm pretty biased. I am mm-hmm. praying for justice for George Floyd. Mm-hmm. I'm praying that his family experiences. I mean, they're, they're not going to experience justice because they lost George, mm-hmm. but I want them to experience the amount of justice they feel like will feel like justice, mm-hmm. honestly. And I want to see a change in policing. I don't want to see this happen anymore. Mm-hmm. So whatever it takes to get there, justice for George, justice for his loved ones and a change, that's what I'm praying for. And yeah. I'm just, I believe that God is the only judge who can actually make a real difference in these situations. Mm -hmm. And so I am lamenting. I've been on my knees for weeks, but especially today, like, Jesus, please let us see your justice come through. And obviously, I would love to see my um, I would love to see justice for my black friends, the black community. I would Mm -hmm. love for them to feel like for once they saw the results of a child that meant something to them and didn't feel like they were dehumanized or dismissed again. I yeah. know that's controversial, but that is 
truly what I'm praying for. That's great. That's great. I found myself today after watching it, I turned it off and I did spend some time praying and just thinking to myself, it's interesting because my, my kind of thoughts and prayers went kind of a different direction. And I was just praying for like, I'm scared of the aftermath. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, either way, whatever yeah, happens. Yeah. I'm, and maybe the, the prayer, I, I, you challenged me there because I think the prayer really does need to be focused on his family and yeah. on the people most directly related. And, and I do find myself thinking immediately, like, what's going to happen? Like, what's going to happen? And I don't mean that what's going to happen if he's acquitted. But I also mean that what is going to happen if he's found guilty. Like, I think this could go in a lot of different directions. We saw a congresswoman today encouraging people to be more confrontational. Uh, It feels like regardless of what happens, that that the temperature is going to rise. I do appreciate you saying that you're praying for the family. I I am. And just that the Holy Spirit would draw near, right? Be the comforter that we know the Spirit of God can be in these horrible situations. Because I do find myself now feeling convicted about like, okay, no, I immediately went to what could most affect me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we all tend to do that, right? (laughs) What what is the outcome uh, for Chicago? What is the outcome for Minneapolis? Yeah. My friends up there, you know, as opposed to uh, what does the family need? What's the role of the church in this? Mm. And now the, I think the role of the church in Minneapolis is different because you're, that's your backyard. Yeah. Yeah. But you and I are both pastors right now. Yeah. What's our role uh, as pastors, mm. as on social media, on a talk show, yeah. on whatever? How does the the church and the Christ followers, what's our role in your opinion uh, in the midst of this, even when culture might just go crazy one way or the yeah. other here. What is what is our role? Yeah, I think two things. I mean, we we have to be people of peacemaking. We have to be people of, uh, who care about the shalom of God, which includes justice, right, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for all mm-hmm. people. And so I, I know the outcome is going to hurt. So I hope the outcome doesn't hurt people, but the outcome is certainly going to make a certain population of people feel outraged. And so I think our job is to continue to point people to kingdom to Jesus, mm. to Shalom. And, um, and I think if the outcome does not go um, in the way that like George Floyd's family would want it to go, then we have to just be quiet and mm. lament and weep with those who weep and pray and just not, I think let's avoid jumping to anger and jumping to outrage and jumping. Let's remember that there are real human beings in the middle of this, they're going, going maybe to be really, really hurt. Yeah. Yeah. On all, yes, there are people in the middle of it. And I do think that, uh, for all of us, um, I don't tend to take these things and immediately pray. And I don't, I know of a lot of people, uh, who immediately get online, right? Yeah. And we're lobbing stuff and we're, we're taking hot takes. And again, I know that sounds weird coming from somebody who has to talk <laughs> literally to on microphone. the radio. <laughs> right. Like our job is hot takes sometimes. Uh, but I do think uh, there, there needs to be, uh, as you have written so well in your book, there needs to be real lament that goes on. Mm-hmm. Like if, if this doesn't push us to prayer for real people, as you said, feeling real emotions and real pain, uh, I, I think that 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 we need to look in the mirror and ask. Well, then why? Why yeah, doesn't it Why are me we so? Why is our heart so callous that yeah. it doesn't? And I think whatever the outcome ends up being, let's find out what we can do more to support the African American community, especially in Chicago. How can we come alongside people? How can we use our platforms? How can we serve um, to see change? Yeah. That's well put. Well put. Well, uh, we, like the rest of you, are watching. We don't know if uh, 
you know, I suppose there could be a verdict tomorrow. There could be a verdict in a week. There could, we don't know. Yeah, we That's don't know how the long the deliberations work. will take, right? And so we would challenge you, Christ follower, honestly, regardless of what you think or this or that, pray. Yeah, that's Especially good. for this jury as they are in uh, in deliberations. Be prayerful. Be prayerful for the family. Be prayerful. And uh, I think that's our call right now. I think uh, more than having hot takes or whatever, but let's be men and women who pray. Well, coming up next, kind of taking a right turn here. Uh, you're about to travel. You're going to travel. We're going to we're going to find out not only where you're going, but how you feel about it. And then we want to hear from you out there. 312-660-2594. 312-660-2594. We want to hear from you. Are you traveling yet? What makes you nervous about traveling? Where have you gone or where are you looking forward to going? We want to have some fun with some callers here on The Common Good. AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Hey, friends, welcome back to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, alongside a dancing Aubrey Sampson. I love this song, the Go-Go's, little Belinda Carlisle. I love your radio voices, your excited voices. It's fun. I'm learning. Spectrum of Aubrey today. So why is our producer, Debbie, coming back with that song? Well, so we're going to talk about travel. So this kind of came up because you are about to travel. Yes. uh, And I have traveled. And I think a lot of people right now are wrestling with, do I travel in the midst of COVID? Right. Uh, Some of you are like, COVID's been over for a while. Others (laughs) be like, I'm not leaving my house. Right. In a spectrum in between. So we do want to hear from you whether you are traveling or not traveling yet. And if so, where have you traveled or where are you looking forward to traveling? Here's how you call 312-660-2594. 312-660-2594. So this weekend or this week, I forget, I'm looking over at our, our calendar in here in the studio. Uh, you are going where? Yeah, we're going to the the great state of Oklahoma, <laughs> which does not sound like much of a travel uh, destination, but we're going for my sister's wedding. So this oh, is fun. very fun. My sister is getting married to the love of her life and getting two little stepsons in the process. And it's going to be really fun. So we leave Wednesday and very excited about that. Yeah. But, um, you know, we feel safe to go because we got vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And so that sort of, uh, we sort of wait because it's a pretty big wedding. So we weighed, should we, shouldn't we get vaccinated and ultimately felt like, Hey, if we're going to be able to be free to celebrate at the wedding, we want to be vaccinated. So we feel safe there. So I, I am really looking forward to it. I feel excited about seeing family again. It's been over a year. So that's going to be really cool. Extended family that I haven't seen in years, you know, is this your first travel in a year or have you guys kind of, because then I'll tell you what we've been doing. Yeah. So is this your first travel? Well, so I've really only gone to Oklahoma, which is funny. Like my parents have a small little lake house. And so we've gone there and, and you're sort of isolated, but at least you're isolated someplace else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we've done that. Kevin actually took the boys on a road trip, but they camped. So they were isolated. But I'm actually coming up here pretty soon, Brian, and you're going to be real jealous of me. I'm going to Disney World. Uh, the number one place. I'm going. <laughs> All right, let's hear about your travel. Disney World. A real fast. Any yeah. nervousness about Disney World? That's lots of people. Yes. So again, I I have something about the vaccine. I just mm-hmm. feel free. The person I'm going with has been vaccinated, and they're actually they're really good. They make you wear masks. They do temperature checks. Socially distanced. Apparently, it's not even a big deal. You don't have to wait in lines, really. You get virtual queue. Sounds wonderful. So it actually might be the best time ever to go to Disney World. It sounds outstanding. Uh, So I would say that through COVID, through the pandemic, my wife and I, uh, we've been, I would say, middle of the road for people. Like, we have not been the people who are like, 
burn the mask. Get yeah. out. We've also not been the family that's like, we're never leaving our house. Like, I would say we've been pretty middle of the road. And so we actually took, we've taken two plane trips since oh. COVID started. One okay. of them back in the summer when nobody was traveling. Really? We did. And we, we wrestled with it, but we were going with some of my wife's family, my brother, two of my uh, brother in law and sister in law, and my other sister in law and brother in law on Carrie's side of the family. Uh, they were going to Nantucket, oh, uh, which nice. was like, okay, this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah, you can't miss that. Uh, we're tired of being here. But then. It was we knew that once we got there, it would be like more remote than we are here. Like it was just like yeah, a beach house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A place to isolate really. But it was really strange in July it? because to fly. It was just strange. Yeah, it so was, I haven't been on a plane. What was that like? So we when we did it back there, uh it was um you know, I had to wear a mask. It was really strange because flying from we flew from Chicago to D.C., D.C. to Nantucket. And okay. the weird one was the D.C. to Nantucket one was kind of full. Literally, our flight from D.C. back to Chicago and then a huge airplane had 10 people. No on it. way. Yeah. So you were you were really kind of separated. So that was it ended up feeling fine. I remember okay. getting there, going in the airport, being like, were you a little nervous? Oh, it was just weird. Yeah. It wasn't even that yeah. I was nervous. It was just strange. OK. And then only a couple of weeks ago and I felt much more normal about it in a couple of weeks ago. We went, as we've talked about here on the show, we went to Arizona and went to the right. Grand Canyon and we right. flew there and we were amongst people. It felt totally normal. It did. Yeah, it just I, I Carrie and I got to the point where we were just like, we just need to go. You got to get out. Got to get out. And yeah. some people might think that that's reckless. It, like our family needed a mental health. Break. I understand that. Right. And you know, the planes were separating people, and you had to wear your mask. Yeah. And we had the kids. You know, we bathed them in hand sanitizer yep. on the plane, <laughs> yep. all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, it was weird. We would love to hear from you. I, I wonder, are more people out there not traveling and nervous or more people out there kind of like, nope, we've been going, we're going. We would love to hear from you. Give us a call, 312-660-2594. That's 312-660-2594. I was going to ask you, are you going to uh, soon get on an airplane? But you're going to Disney Yeah, World. so that'll be my first you know, plane trip in over a year. And I'll, uh, you know, it'll, that'll be interesting being masked up, I'm assuming. And, you know, I, I guess flights are seating people next to each other. I'm not sure. So I, I have a little bit of concern about the flight, mm -hmm. um, but it's worth it. It's worth it to get to Disney World. A lot of people, of course, have been traveling for work this whole That's time. Right. There's right. different reasons people travel. But I think what we're curious to hear is, are you getting ready to travel for vacation and if so, what are you excited about and what are you concerned about, if yeah. anything? 312-660-2594. Speaking of travel for work, uh, you're it. You speak. You get, I do. People pay you to come and talk to them. They do. And you can, too, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> you are invited to do that as well. They can hear my party voice. They can hear what? my... <laughs> I'll do the whole weekend of my party voice. Yep. When will you start doing that again? So, yeah, that's a really good question because during COVID, the majority of my speaking engagements were canceled or they were moved online. So that was kind of interesting. It was a nice time for our family because I wasn't traveling as much. But um, I think September is going to be the first time I travel. I'm traveling to the East Coast to speak at a camp out there. And so that's for a women's retreat. Nice. And then we'll see from there. I'm kind of assuming fall and later some of that travel will begin speaking up or picking up again. Yeah. I'm expecting to start hitting the road speaking again once people ask me. So. <laughs>
I'll throw your name around, exactly. Brian, when I'm at places. Maybe they'll start having both of us come, but then they then you Fun. just start doing this. Yeah, I'm I'm big in like that, you know, women's retreat crowd that you were just referring <laughs> they, they to. They typically want you for big women's <laughs> events. Again, we got to get on that somehow. Get on that Disney circuit. We gotta figure that. Where's uh, the Disney speaking circuit for that, pastors? Where that is that? Is circuit, okay, we've got to get them back on. We'll talk to Debbie about this. I'm not sure either of you know this. Very early on in the history of the show, Ian and I had on a guy who is a pastor of a church in Orlando that only ministers to people who work at Disney. I think I read about this on Christianity yeah. Today. There was he a big was, article about his church. He was that on, is awesome. And it was fascinating. We got to get him on again. Yeah, yeah, gonna for be, sure. You're just going to be like, what? <laughs> at the end fan, of the interview, he girly. said, you guys should come down here. And we were like, stop. Just stop. <laughs> don't, don't say it unless you mean it. I know. I know. We're coming. Anyway, give us a call. 312-660-2594. That's 312 660 Two five nine four. We'd love to hear from you next here on the Common Good AM eleven sixty. Hope for your life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Common Good AM eleven sixty. Hope for your life alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm. We're really glad to have you with us today. It's been a fun show so far. We felt like a Monday. We have to have a good time, right? Because yeah, yeah. You can start cold. out the week. It's Monday. Yeah. We got to raise things a notch. It's not like it's Monday and seventy outside, right? It's Monday and cold and. Yeah, so we start. We thought we'd have some fun today. Doesn't mean we haven't talked about some serious stuff today. Right. And we had a great guest by the name of Scott Sauls. We'd encourage you to go listen to the podcast if you missed Scott. Uh, just he is wonderful. We love having him as a friend of the so show. Wise. Uh, one thing we've been talking about throughout this show today is our travel. Yeah. Uh, are people traveling again? If you are, where are you going? Are you nervous? If not, what's holding you back? And uh, and and where are you hoping to go one of these days? I just am kind of curious. And so uh, I didn't know if we'd get any phone calls because we have not taken phone calls on the Common Good in over a year. Over a year. So over this year. is like a but, celebratory moment. This, this is a big is, thing. This is something you and I want to build back into the culture of our audience and, all, and into the culture of our show. So here's what you do. All right. Write this on your hand so you could call anytime. I'm kidding. Put it in your phone. Tattoo it on your forehead. Sure. Then how would you read it? Oh, we look in the mirror. Obviously. <laughs> Backwards. Take then. a selfie. 312 660 2594. That's 312 660 2594. You can call. Tell us about your travels. Or just welcome Aubrey to the show. You yeah, know, you that's can call, right. just call and you can welcome, welcome Aubrey to the that. show. Aubrey, I'm going to let you <gasps> say hi to our first caller this because is this is so the first time exciting. you've done this. We do have our first caller, so why don't you welcome them? I feel like we need a drum roll there for this. Go. Hey, you caller, you're the first caller in a year. We have Gay on the line. Hello? <gasps> oh, yay! She's there, our first <laughs> caller. Hey, Gay, tell us where you're going. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm going... Um, to North Carolina <gasps> to celebrate uh, my 40th wedding anniversary oh. with the love of my life. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> and, and then after that, welcome to the show, by the way, Aubrey. And then after that, I too am going to Disney. What? That's amazing. <laughs> we love Disney here on the show. I was just saying how I'm going to go here in just a couple of weeks. Maybe I'll see you there. Uh, maybe so. So what are I you just, looking forward to about traveling again? And are you nervous or anxious about anything? I'm not. Um, I, I took a short trip toward the end of last year to go visit my brother, um, and I was nervous until I got to the airport mm. and saw that everything was fine and under control and took a breath, said a prayer, and it was just fine. And so now I'm just ready to get out there. 
I'm I'm wanting to see people again and see things and just have fun. Oh, that's so exciting. Well, thanks so much for calling Gay. Happy anniversary, and maybe I'll see you in Florida. <laughs> Thank you. I'll give you a wave. <laughs> Will do. Okay. All right, we've got our next caller on the line. Brian's just letting me do this. We've got our next caller on the line. Her name is Lydia. Lydia, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. I'm so excited to be on your show. Oh, well, thanks for calling in. Okay, so tell us, where are you going and what are you looking forward to? Well, okay. I had a magnificent vacation planned last April, and COVID happened. Ah, And we're finally... Finally getting to take our magnificent trip to Mexico. Ooh. May the 2nd, traveling with dear friends who we have not seen for a long time. And I'm just beyond thrilled to be doing it. I am not nervous about anything except wearing a mask. Oh, uh, yep. On yep. an airplane. <laughs> where, where in Mexico are you going? Where in Mexico? We're going to Cabo. We're going to Cabo. Oh, Cabo. that sounds nice. I don't remember exactly where I went, but we I went to Mexico with my wife like a month before COVID started or two for our anniversary, and that was the best. So high jealousy on I my know. end. So much jealousy. I want to go to Mexico, especially we're having cold <laughs> weather in Chicago. Well, thanks for calling, Lydia. We appreciate your time. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Look at us getting callers. Getting our first two callers. Getting our callers. And, uh, you know, that's fun. That's yeah, fun. that's really fun. If anybody else wants to call us, 312-660-2594. 312-660-2594. If I were to ask your husband, where's the one place he wants to travel? I already asked you, what are your top five? But what what would he say? I don't think it's Disney World. No, it is Colorado. It is hiking in Colorado. His his lifelong dream, and actually he's begun it, is to hike the entire Colorado Trail. He does it in segments every summer. Yeah, so, I mean, without question, he would drop everything and go to Colorado in a heartbeat. Really? He's probably mad I didn't actually put that on my list. But he loves Colorado. Keep praying the Lord will call him there, but... Here we are in West Chicago. Do you say you keep praying the Lord will call him there? Kevin keeps praying that the oh, Lord will call say, him there. Yeah, I, You just said <laughs> I'm that. I'm like, like <laughs> what, are you going with it? But I'm going to stay here. No, 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 no. Kevin, he I loves... affirm your call. <laughs> what about Carrie? Where would she go if she could go anywhere? That's a great question. I, I'm trying to turn her into a beach girl. She likes the beach, but okay. you know, when you grow up in the Midwest, you're not as much of yeah. an ocean person. She yeah. does love Disney World and all that. I nice. think... In the end, my wife has a great... She's a Wisconsin girl. I think if she could go northern Wisconsin, kind of Honey Rock, kind of up there, or also kind of out by... More lakes, mountains, whereas I'm more ocean. And so I I think that's what she would do. I think that's the call. What about your kids? Where would they go? What's a dream vacation for them? I've turned my kids into beach people. Have you really? Good for you. I have. All three of my children love the ocean. They love the beach. I think they would do that. Yeah. They are not going to turn down Disney World, Universal, yeah. uh, love yeah. the Harry Potter stuff. Yes. So what about your sons? Yeah, my kids are still asking me, when are we going to go back to Disney World? When I'm like, well, you got to start making some money because <laughs> it's not, that's like your college fund. So when you get a job, we will go back. Actually, what I've been telling them is two things. When all the Marvel stuff opens up at Disney, we will definitely go to that as a family or when the Nintendo Land opens up at Universal, which looks so cool. I don't know if you've seen it in Japan. You can watch some YouTube videos no. of it. It looks so cool. 
We'll definitely do that. That's really fun. Yeah. And I think people are putting two and two together that you're going to Disney World and your kids aren't. A hundred percent I'm going with that, well which I don't feel shame. Well played. Want to take a little bit of a change of direction here. Uh, anybody can call us still. You can call 312-660-2594. If you just want to call and say hello, we'll put you on the air. Yeah, we'll say you don't hello. have to talk about travel. Yeah, we'll just say hello to you. Us. We'll say hello. Hey, uh, you've got a new book coming out, mm-hmm. and I want people to hear what it's about when it's Hi, coming yeah. out, when they can do this. We're That's gonna so do nice. This. You know, let's make sure you sell some books. So when's it coming out? What is it about? Yep. It comes out uh, September 7th. It's a book called Known, How Believing Who God Says You Are Changes Everything. It's actually a book about the names that God has for his children all uh, throughout scripture. I have um, almost every verse that talks about the image of God. I kind of... Uh, have an essay about it. And really, it's about not just the names God has for us, but what does it mean that God has named us and in some cases renamed us? And what does that call us to do? How does that call us to live? And, you know, we just had Scott Sauls on who talked about Christine Kane and Ann Voskamp. Chris has actually written the forward for the book. Nice. Anne has endorsed the book. Some of our other guests have endorsed it. And so there's some great people behind it. I'm really excited about this one. It's kind of a heart project of mine. And so I can't wait for it to come out That's in the fun. fall. That's yeah. fun. And then you'll just be traveling. Yeah, I'll just leave you here by yourself. Looking. I'll be out of here. Nope. Taking the show on the road. <laughs> That's right. We're going on the, We're going on tour. Let's be honest. One thing we just learned about last segment, you said that you speak at a camp in uh in on the East Coast. This and I was amazing. Wanna, I didn't want to put you on the spot. Yeah. Uh but it is it is a camp and you started to try to explain it to me and I stopped you. I said, Aubrey. That is like literally the camp where my parents started dating. I and they can't went and they worked at it. It's a camp called Camp Spofford. Yes. My aunt and uncle and my cousin I've never been there. My aunt and uncle and it's my cousin so still go there every summer. Do they really? My grandfather helped build some of the chapel or the build or something. Which is where I speak. I mean, that is cool. And so uh and so that is uh Really crazy. All right, we're about to take a break, but we just got another call. We actually got another call. So, caller, are you there? Yes. Hi, this is Leora. Leora, so great to have you. Thanks for calling in. I just want to say kudos for y'all making the phone, open the phone lines back up. Hey, thank you. We need that. We appreciate you. All right. Praise God. Praise God. That's right. Have a great week. And you have a blessed one. You too. Thanks, Leora. Well, that's fun. That was so fun. We're going to do I phone calls Leora. more just for the Leoras out there. Thanks all for calling. Uh, coming up next, we are going to close the show out with some audio that I heard from a professional golfer over the weekend. Oh. That when I heard, I went, that's a good word. And we're going to end the show with it. That's what we're going to do next year on The Common Good. AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Everybody, welcome back to the Common Good here on AM 1160. Hope for your life, alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm. Really glad to have you with us as we close out this show on a Monday afternoon. And I don't know. I just wish we're going to need to set something up in here where people can watch us. Simply because every time we come back with music, we have a dance dancing. party. I mean, it's just fun. Hold on. <laughs> We don't have a dance party. <laughs> I'm dancing with myself. <laughs> you, you, uh, you misspoke with the we. I that did. was. I was, I was trying to like be generous, and you, you sort of moved your arms. It was like to pick something up. <laughs> <laughs> it should. It's a dance party by myself in uh, here again, at the Common Good. What you will learn is that it's not surprising. Like when my wife and I all our whole life, when we've been together, when we go to weddings, yes. Uh, and this is when we are in our 20s. This is when we're in our 40s. Everywhere in between. When we go to weddings, it's the common, like, come out and dance. No. 
Come on, let's dance. You just want to do it. No. Is it insecurity or is it like you just don't want to dance? A little bit of both. Okay, yeah. And I should Fair. I should preface this with the fast dances. Right? <laughs> you'll float. You'll you'll sway back sure, and forth with your wife. Sure, but you know when it comes on, and then I what I most enjoy is like what will often happen is we'll be there with friends or something, and inevitably Carrie and the wife or her sister or whatever will be out dancing, and me and the guy will just be sitting talking. Like <laughs> I don't think I'm the only marriage where the guy's like, no, no that's I'm good. that's probably true. You know, my husband loves to dance, yeah, and he's actually a good dancer. Like to the point where, like, I try, and then I'm just like, I'm just gonna go let him do his own thing, and then I sort of just start walking around talking to people. This is the least surprising thing you yeah, said right now because yeah. I know Kevin, yeah. and that is. By far the least surprising. Yeah, thing he you've loves said. to dance. He likes to be the life of the party, yeah. and he likes to kind of make a fool of himself. So there's no shame. You know what I mean? He's just out there. That all of that. Yeah. From when I knew him 25 years ago to now, I'm sure has not changed. Yeah. It has just aged gracefully. I'm That's sure. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing we've been trying to do when we close out every show is to try to leave you with some good news or some inspiration or some challenge. Something as you know, as we go off the air, you can go, you know what? I, I'm going to think about that a little bit, and I'm going to. Uh, just kind of stew on that a little bit. And so with that in mind, uh, allow me to preface this golf tournament this weekend. So an older gentleman, a 47-year-old golfer by the name of Stuart Sink won, and which was a real surprise. It wasn't a major or anything, just a regular golf tournament. But he's old. He's way past his prime. He won. And the cool thing about it was his son was his caddy. Was oh, on the back. that's nice. And like so that. Stuart Sink won. A lot of people are like, this is fun. This is great. Uh, but Stuart Sink is a follower of Jesus. He's a very committed Christian. And I want you to hear what he said in his press conference after winning the Heritage uh, golf tournament this past weekend. This is golfer Stuart Sink. It's a big part of it for sure. Um, and certainly I believe that Kevin Streelman's right when he says that about having uh, peace and joy in your life leads to a more peaceful and joyful golfer and that leads to better scores. Um, but uh, it's the thing about me and my family with uh, with the peace and joy we experience, it's not something that just we wait for the circumstances to line up like the planets or some, you know, signs or tea leaves or something. You know, we install our own um, peace and joy because of our faith in Jesus Christ, basically. And is the number one tenet of my life. And uh, it enables me to feel peaceful and joyful, even when the golf ball is not agreeing with my club face and not going in the hole. Um, I don't seek peace and joy out of golf because I know I can never depend on it to fully sustain that kind of peace and joy that I'm looking for. And it's too low of a target. And so um, the joy and peace I feel on the golf course is, um, it's something that's, that stems from something far different than golf and golf happens to benefit from it, but golf is not the end goal for me. Um, I love playing and winning and having a week like this is just amazing, but um, the peace and joy that we experience and it's available to everybody is something that you don't have to wait for the circumstances, the worm to turn, so to speak. You know, it's it's there and, and that's what we choose to go for. So he's just preaching Amazing. right there. That's his post, oh, post I just love that. And I think what we're used to is, hey, you know what? If I just pray, I'm going to hit the golf ball better. Or, you know, <laughs> we're going to do that. Right. Or, God, yeah, if I, God's going to grant me favor, I'm going to win. Yeah. What I really appreciated about that and where I want to end our show today was him saying, um, you know, uh, 
my peace and my hope is found something much greater than whether I win a golf tournament mm-hmm. or not. It's found much greater than if I get this another job or if I my church grows to this amount or whatever else it might be. He said, for me, he's a professional golfer. His livelihood is about whether that ball goes in the hole. Yeah. And he says, that's not what it is primarily about for me and my family, but we, we anchor our hope and our peace in something much different and much greater. And I wanted to end there because I think there's a lot of people out there going, where is their hope? Where is their peace? And they're running after things that are that are not going to do it, much like Stuart Sink said there. Like, we don't want to yeah. anchor it in that which wasn't meant to hold it. Yeah. And so be a little pastoral for us. The, the idea of hope and peace being grounded in stuff other than what we can do yeah. or what we accomplish. Why don't you? I mean, it, it immediately made me think of Paul in Philippians 3, where, like, I consider everything else garbage mm. except for the the joy of knowing Jesus Christ. And that's why I felt like he said that the target of golf is is too, what did you say? It's too small, right? Or Mm -hmm. it's not enough that ultimately all these things, even good things like golf, right? Even good things like winning a championship is nothing compared to the beauty and the treasure of Jesus Christ. And I do feel like, hey, you know, it's been a hard year. It's been a hard even last couple weeks. But for us to keep our eyes on the prize and remember the true treasure is Jesus Christ and that's where our hope comes from. He is where and he is our hope, right? He gives us hope and he is our hope. That's right. That's the call for us to remember. And I think the other important thing to remember in this conversation is that when we say our hope is in Christ, that doesn't mean that everything's going to go well. Mm. It doesn't mean that right now, if you are, you know, struggling with an illness, let's say, and then you say, you know what, I'm going to put my hope in Christ. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden that illness is going to go. Right. It might. Right. But it, it doesn't mean that if you're, you know, if you're down on your luck with financially, it doesn't mean all of a sudden you're going to get showered with money. Like yeah. that's where I think we get it wrong. So I'm like, okay, fine. I'll pray this prayer. And all of a sudden I know God's going to make it all better. Right. Then. And yes, he's going to make it better eternally. Yes. And also, yeah. you know, in our perspective, but it doesn't mean that we're going to get, you know, it doesn't mean Stuart Sink's now going to go win the, the U S open right? because right. he proclaimed this and that's the real danger. And so as we close it out, how would you encourage people to make, to actually live that focus? Like mm. how do we actually anchor ourselves in that hope as opposed to just kind of saying it, but then going, yeah, but really I'm living for the money. Yeah. Really, really I want the blessing. The... Not, I want right. the blessings and the benefit, not God himself. Right. How really... do we do this? Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's such a good question. What I, a real practical step, I think is to look back over your life, maybe even create a timeline of your life and note God's faithfulness mm-hmm. in every circumstance, mm-hmm. even when they've been Horrible, even at your lowest. Note where God showed up. Note what God did. And I think when you have been through hell, Mm. then, but you've seen God bring you out of it, you've seen God reach down and be intimate with you, you know his presence in your suffering, then you always have that anchor to go, God has been faithful, Mm -hmm. God will be faithful, I can trust him no matter what the outcome is. What would you say pastorally to people, Brian? Yeah, I think you kind of nailed it. I think that's also where community comes in. As I hear Mm, other people's stories, as I hear other people talk about God's faithfulness, uh, because sometimes, you know, especially if you haven't faced much trouble and then you run into trouble, you, it be, does become easy for the enemy to basically kind of say, God doesn't love you anymore. Right. right? Think about Job, right? God doesn't love you anymore, like yeah. this and that. But instead, have people there to go, no, that's not what this means. And mm-hmm. in fact, 
you know, the good news of Scripture says that God is near to the brokenhearted, and we can hold on to that. Amen. Wanted to end that way. Aubrey, this has been a fun show. Fun show. We did it. Join us tomorrow from 4 until 6. For Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. You've been listening to The Common Good here on AM 1160. Hope for your life.